Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, the 10th of September, and the stock market's a serious sort of place, isn't it? But you really do begin to wonder, or it does start to wear on the intelligence to be trying to find or pretend there's some predictable science and intellect behind a stock market that can drop 632 points on Tuesday, that's the Dow Jones, and bounce 440 points overnight. A massive injection of fear and the antivirus injection of euphoria. It's all a bit silly, really, isn't it? Of course, the smarty pants, long-term value-based Warren Buffett quoting investor will tell you, stop worrying about the short-term, lift your eyes to the horizon. But it's a bit of a catch-22 because if you ignore the short-term volatility all the time or every time, one day you're going to find that it's not just a bit of short-term volatility, it's a major market pivot point and you missed it. So what do you do? Well, it's not easy, is it? All you can do is do your best. Gut feel on this bounce overnight is that we're not out of the woods yet. I'm not sure I'd be confidently buying the dip at this point in the US or in Australia. The obvious thought as technology bottoms is to go and buy stocks like Zero and APT that have come well off the top or Z1P. But it's buying on the first bounce and I'm not sure that's the right thing to do at the moment. If you were to be a little bit glass half empty, we've had a bit of a slap in the face. We're not going to recover it straight away or sentiment's not going to improve straight away. And we've got seven weeks of US election uncertainty ahead of us. There's a risk of a winter wave in the northern hemisphere of coronavirus. You might notice the UK have just dropped public gatherings from 30 to 6 because over the weekend they had 3,000 cases, which is the most cases they've had since May. So we could see a pickup in case numbers in Europe and the US, which would rather dent the economic optimism. And then we've got US-China decoupling, which unsettles growth optimism. That just could be a bit of election rhetoric, of course, which will dissipate after November. But for the moment, the Chinese relationship with both the US and Australia seems to be deteriorating. And then you've got the soft bank technology, long position in technology, which is potentially unwinding and may have caused the recent top as they get rid of the big equity positions that are underlying their options positions. Now the cat's out of the bag or the whale is out of the bag or the soft bank trade is out of the bag. The market's going to work against them. So they might well be trying to close it. So this tech sell-off could be set to continue. We'll see. Anyway, market sentiment's obviously improved overnight, but it's nothing I don't think to get excited about. Technically, the NASDAQ, which is really the main issue in the markets at the moment, has broken the uptrend. In other words, it's broken down. And one better day on that trend break doesn't necessarily end it. I've got a chart in the strategy section today showing the NASDAQ and the newswires are making a bit of a fuss about how it bounced off its 50-day moving average on the chart. So I've got the 50-day moving average on the chart in the newsletter. I wouldn't hold too much faith in it holding the 50-day moving average. It's probably more coincidence than a reliable support level. That drop in the NASDAQ still looks fairly precipitous, I've got to say. And then I've got the chart of the ASX 200. We are in this sideways trading range. We didn't break out of the top. In hindsight, now we got back into the market probably prematurely. We didn't need to get back in if we're trying to achieve this step performance. Then it's a case of being in the market when it's going up, stepping out when it's not. And stepping out includes when it's going sideways. And it's going sideways. Either way, as you can see in the newsletter, the chart is particularly unimpressive at the moment. And then today I have, after an email about is the US market cheap, 
I've put in, after the recent correction, I've put in a chart of the P ratio of the S&P 500. $27.55 trillion worth of stock trading at 28.4 times, which is the highest PE since 2002. And the NASDAQ, even more expensive looking. PE 36.46 times, which is the highest since, when is that on the chart, 2003. It's only really been higher in the tech boom back in 2000. And the All Ordinaries PE is slightly more calming because we have not seen the PE expansion that the US technology sector has seen which has created PE expansion in the S&P 500 as a whole. We haven't seen that here. So we're on a PE of 19 times. The last time we saw that was in January, and prior to that was in 2016. So we are not particularly expensive looking, but it's all very well looking at these charts. Charts make for lovely newsletter content, but the reality is that it's not about the average PE. Looking at average PE is a bit pointless. It's really about stock picking, and that's about individual stocks, not averages. And that's the case in the US as well. There are expensive stocks and there are cheap stocks. Averaging them out doesn't really tell you a hell of a lot, especially not when 19.4% of the S&P 500 is represented by six very high PE stocks. Anyway, enough of that. The mildly good news overnight is the VIX volatility index has sort of come off the top, peaked out again, which is good. I've put the growth portfolio in the newsletter today. I haven't made any changes today, but I do notice the tops in some of the stocks we've seen. Harvey Norman, REA Group, Corporate Travel 3 that went through the scan this morning. Oil stocks are also performing pretty poorly. We've had a overweight market position in energy, which I'm sure will come right one day. But I've got a chart of oil inventories in the newsletter today, and they have absolutely spiked in 2020. But it's not really about what inventories are now. It's what they're going to be. If we see a pickup in oil demand and a pickup in the oil price, which, by the way, was up 3.5% last night. If we see a pickup in oil demand, if we come out of lockdowns, then the oil sector is not going to be sitting around here in a year's time. The problem is that the trajectory for coming out of lockdowns, for starting to drive again, and noticeably the US has just finished their driving season as they go into winter, the trajectory for oil price or for oil demand to pick up through travel and transport and cars is flattening, not accelerating at the moment as the unlockdown process seems to extend ever further. Anyway, we're still holding our oil stocks. They're not expensive. We've taken a bit of pain in the last month. Funny, I'm not sure the last time I turned my car on, it probably won't start now, or my motorbike for that matter, both collecting dust. Meanwhile, banks continue to drag an anchor. Every time we buy them, we end up a month later going, why did we do that? Anyway, against the market, which is up 49 today, all the banks are down today. And healthcare's come off the top. On their results, they had a pop. That pop has now deflated, hoping they will get an, another wind at some point. Anyway, all a bit quiet on the Western Front, on the portfolio front. Other news, AstraZeneca's share price was actually up 0.4% in London. The word from their vaccine trial, which got stopped thanks to an unexplained illness in one patient, which turned out to be a rare spinal inflammatory disorder, 
transverse myelitis. That patient apparently is due to be discharged from hospital soon and if there is no concern in the safety data, the trial is thought to resume early next week. So I don't think that's really upset the market too much. And the suggestion is that Trump is trying to announce that virus or that vaccine, sorry, before the November presidential election, which is only six, seven weeks away now. A interesting but slightly worrying template for restaurant owners New York is resuming indoor dining at 25% capacity in three weeks' time. They've been shut to indoor dining. Apparently all the restaurants have been open anyway, but they're officially been shut since March. They're allowing them to have 25% capacity in three weeks, and then on 1st of November they'll reassess it, could lift to 50% capacity. But they're also introducing a whistle-blowing app where guests in a restaurant can anonymously report restaurants not in compliance by sending a text. Can you imagine that? A population dobbing in restaurateurs. Come to a restaurant, have a nice meal, and then dob me in. That app should be renamed as a dobber identification app. But anyway, there we go, as if restaurants haven't had enough trouble for one year. But it is making the point that lockdowns are going to come out. They're going to be data-dependent, assuming we don't get a vaccine. They're going to be data-dependent, much like the Victorian lockdowns at the moment. And that's the way things are going to roll. And if things explode again, as they are doing in Europe and the UK at the moment, then lockdowns will come back in. It's really rather denting the recovery enthusiasm. But there you go. That's what's happening in New York. Right, lastly, a load of technical observations on the scans this morning. RSI sell signals on how many is that? There must be 15, 20 stocks there, including the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 and the small lords and the ASX All Tech Index, which is all the technology stocks, obviously. So go to the strategy section to see that. Plus, we have a series of charts one major stock which is absolutely on its back we're awaiting a buy signal that looks imminent or not we're but the chart is anticipating a buy signal and then we've got a bunch of covid beneficiaries topping out have a look at those i'm not sure that's a major pivot point for them all but that's certainly a short-term pivot point they're all stocks trending up they're all stocks you might be looking at as potential buys once the price settles back and the market starts to perform okay again anyway plenty to look at there that's about it for today as i leave you the market's up 43 it was up 77 at one point the dow futures are unimpressive at down 25 all gone a bit quiet. It seems like it is the lull before the next trend. Now, before I leave you, have a look in the email today. We have launched our webinar series. We finally got around to doing webinars. Sorry, it took us a while. There is one on 17th of September, which will be Chris looking at technical analysis of the ASX top 20. And then Henry on the 29th of September is going to do macro risks in the market. Click on the email to sign up for those. And hopefully we'll develop that service for members over time. You have a good day.